The scripture lesson this morning is from Revelations 21, verses 1 through 6. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The word of the Lord. Well, today is the last sermon in a series called The Shadowlands. We've been talking about dark times in our lives, times of grief, loss, suffering, and pain. In some ways, this is a topic we kind of avoid talking about, and the church has not always been good at talking about. And I must confess, this has not been as exciting a sermon series as a lot of other ones, right? It doesn't have kind of the pizzazz and the doesn't really attract people to talk about this stuff. But as I have preached it, I have been amazed at the number of people for whom these have been really important topics. In fact, in going through this, I've talked to a number of people who are currently in the Shadowlands and uh, have had conversations about how some of these issues have been used in real life. We've gotten to see how needed this topic is. So today, to close the series, I, I would like to just get real practical, and uh, I'd like to, uh, to talk about three things. I want to talk about how we go through the Shadowlands. Uh, I want to uh, there highlight some of the things we've been talking about in the sermons. I want to talk about how we go through the, ser- the Shadowlands with other people, and then I want to talk about the special hope that we have as Christians in the Shadowlands. So let me, let me give you first... Uh, uh, seven kind of tips for how you go through the Shadowlands. Uh, number one, we, we've been saying this from the beginning of the series, that Shadowlands are a part of life. You might as well realize you're going to go through dark times. It's going to happen, and uh, um, that's just part of it. It doesn't mean that you're bad. It doesn't mean you're being punished. It just means that it's, we live in a broken world, right? You've got to realize this and uh, expect it. You will travel the Shadowlands. It is normal. And sometimes we, we have the most trouble in the Shadowlands just because we feel like we shouldn't feel the way we do. That's part of life, and we've got to get used to that. Number two, I've sort of said in this series, in a lot of different ways and in the Sunday school, that, that you've got to give up some of your desire to understand why we go through the things that we do. I mean, I, I wish, probably like you wish, that we could understand why we go through the things that we do. That we could make sense of the suffering that we feel. Uh, we want to understand, we want to find meaning in it. 
And certainly we've said that God can bring meaning out of suffering. In fact, often what God does in our suffering, I have noticed that when we go through suffering as Christians, a lot of times there are people around us that are also going through suffering, and they often watch how we go through it. And so one of the ways that God uses our suffering is to, to have us be a witness. Okay? Have our lives be a testimony so that we are salt and light for the dark world around us. But, but here's the thing. The Bible never says that you get to know what good comes out of your suffering. The Bible never says you get to understand why you go through the things that you do. This, the, the, we hold on to this hope that Christ can be doing something in the suffering, but that doesn't mean we get to know. There is no promise that you get to know why you go through the things that you do. I wish we would. I wish I would. I wish when I get a call like I did this week about my grandfather, I wish I knew I. But that question just does not get answered a lot of times. That doesn't mean that you can't ask it of God. In fact, one of the things we've said over and over again is you can be radically honest with God. Even though you don't want, you don't get to know why, I don't think it's bad to ask God. In fact, we have all these psalms in the Bible, we have all these scriptures, we even have a whole book called Lamentations that, that show these prayers of anger with God, of frustration, of, of kind of bearing our souls before God. I think there's something healthy about trusting God enough to give Him your complaints. Trusting God enough to say, God, I think you're big enough that I'm, I'm not going to like trap you with what I'm going to say. You've probably heard this before. So I'm just going to be real honest with you. There's something special when we expose our hearts like that, that God has room to work. There's something good and healthy about bearing our souls before God, and there is power in prayer, not just in God answering prayer, but the very act of our prayers often brings healing in some way to our lives. Number four, we are not alone in the shadowlands. God is with us. He promises to be. And I have suggested in this series that what you need to do, one of the things you can do to really help with your relationship with God, because it's very easy to get upset with God in your pain and your suffering, but is lean into the humanity of Jesus, right? Because if Jesus cried, if Jesus wept, and he, Jesus suffered, and Jesus knew what it was like to be betrayed, and he knew it was like to lose someone, then that means we don't serve a God who is afar off, kind of wondering how things are going down there with the little people he created. Okay? We serve a God whose actual nature it is to enter into the suffering for us and with us. That he understands. And he doesn't just leave us alone and with him sort of as God separate from us. He also gives us each other. Right? That when we suffer, we don't suffer alone. We suffer with each other. We bear one another's burdens. Okay, we carry each other in difficult times. Now here's the problem with this one. The problem is, a lot of times when we go through the shadow lands, we want to be alone. We feel alone and we want to be alone. And so I have noticed this tendency of people who are going through the shadow lands to suddenly not go to church. To suddenly not reach out and communicate with other people. You sort of cocoon in your pain because you don't want to share it or it's too hard to... to uh, to bear, you know, to, to tell yet another person about it. As Christians, we ought to have the opposite. 
we ought to open ourselves more up to community, more up to each other, more up to uh, worship of God. And it's in those times where we need it the most that we tend to lean away from it the most. And so we've got to be careful there. Number five. This one I haven't said as strongly, and I'm going to say it strongly today. Get the help that you need. There are certain times when life is so dark, when you can get so sad, depressed, or angry, that it's difficult to come back from. And it really can have an impact on your brain, and we now know a lot more about the biochemistry of your brain. That sometimes you can talk to a doctor and you can get on a medication. You can talk to a counselor who can help you work through stuff. You need to get the help you need. There's still like this stigma about this in our culture, and I wish there wasn't. Like if my arm was bending the wrong way, right? And I was like, no, I don't want anybody to know I had to go to the doctor. I'm not the kind of person that needs to go to a doctor. People would laugh at me and say, your arm's bending the wrong way, right? If I was bleeding everywhere, you go see a doctor, okay? If my heart isn't beating right, then uh, I go see a doctor, and you're not, you don't look foolish for that. But if your brain gets off, which is another organ in your body, and you need help, and there's chemistry wrong in your brain so that you're depressed and you're anxious, there's this stigma about going to see and get the help that you need. Okay? If there's something wrong in your marriage, and a lot of times these shadow lands can be very difficult on your marriage, go get the help that you need. Find the people, the professionals that are trained to help you in these things. At the same time, expect it to be difficult and plan accordingly. In my sermon two weeks ago, which I got a pretty strong response from a lot of people about, actually, I talked about how stress and anxiety are so hard on your body. Right? The stress wears you out. It makes you feel tired. It consumes your mind. It makes it so that your higher brain function doesn't work as well. It messes with your digestive system. It messes with your immunity. When you go through the shadow lands, understand that it's going to be difficult. And I can't believe how many people are like, all right, I am Superman, I am Wonder Woman, and I can do this. And I'm going to pull everything together, and I'm going to work hard, I'm going to stay up as late as I need to, I'm going to get through everything i got to get through in this difficult time. And then what they find is the shadow lands aren't a sprint, they're an ultra marathon, and suddenly they're struggling. If you're going through the Shadowlands, give yourself some rest, okay? Take care of yourself. Take the long-term view. And give yourself some grace. Give yourself some grace. So often we beat ourselves up in the Shadowlands. We say, I should be stronger than this. You ever said this to yourself? I should be stronger than this. I should have more faith in this. I shouldn't need help like this. I should be able to handle this. Take a deep breath and relax. So when you're in the shadow lands, sometimes you can't help. You, you can't do it. Sometimes you need help, and it's okay to receive help. Everybody, you have permission right now, if you need help, to receive that help. Okay? Part of the whole thing of the Christian faith is that grace is a gift that's undeserved. So you, you think you don't deserve, you think you're not worth it, you think you shouldn't need it. Grace says, who cares? You're loved and you're cared for. Receive the gifts that God and God's people are putting before you. Give yourself some grace. Cut yourself some slack. Take a day off. Take a, dip, take a nap. 
Do something you like to do. Invest in yourself a little bit. In the Shadowlands, see it as a long-term thing and take care of yourself in the journey. Now, I hope these principles are helpful for you. If, you have, if you've missed a sermon, I post them online. You can go back and get them. I've done a lot more of my other sermons about biblical principles behind these uh, over the last five weeks. Um, one area I haven't talked about as much is how do we go through the shadow lands with others? How do we walk together in the shadow lands? Because let's be honest, we're not always real good at it. Okay, one of the things we do is we give each other some really terrible advice when we're going through the shadow lands, right? How many of you have heard, you're in a really difficult place and you hear stuff like this? It'll be okay. Everything happens for a reason. Well, in the Bible, everything does happen for a reason. It's called sin and it's not supposed to happen. The sun will come out tomorrow. It will get easier. Right? What someone in grief often hears when they hear these things is, you shouldn't feel this way. You'll get back to normal soon. And if you don't, please don't tell me about it. And there might be something wrong with you. That's what people hear when they hear these kind of things. Okay? At our best, I hope we say these things because we care about that person and we hate to see them in pain. But I wonder if at our worst we actually care about ourselves. And we don't want to feel pain, and we don't want to feel, feel the shadow lands. So we try to hurry everybody else up in theirs because we don't want to have to deal with our own. Or it hurts me to see you hurt, so I'd rather you get over it so I don't hurt anymore. And what I've learned as a pastor is, the, the reality is you don't have to say much of anything when someone goes through the shadow lands. I learned this from two sources. One, I, I learned this from my wife. And uh, I don't know about you. Some people are like this. I think guys can be like this. Some of us are fixers, right? When we hear about a problem, we want to give an answer to the problem. So early on in our marriage, my wife would come to me with a problem, and I would, of course, give her the answer to the problem, right? And finally, finally in her wisdom, she said, Jordan, I just want you to be quiet and listen. I don't want you to try to fix this. And I tried to tell her how wrong that was. Right? I tried to fix that, uh, but uh, it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't go over. And I have learned that that's right. That sometimes what I need to do, in my words, maybe sometimes her words, is shut up and just be present and listen. And uh, so now we have this thing where if Manny starts talking to me about something, I will say, okay, honey, is this a fix-it moment or is this a be quiet and listen moment? <laughs> and that has saved a lot of our relationship. I can promise you that. Sometimes you just got to be quiet and listen. That's all you got to do. I learned this from my wife, but I also learned this uh, as a pastor. I remember my first very serious hospital visit. I had been a youth pastor and an associate, but I, I had never been the guy, you know. And when I, when I became a pastor, I was still in seminary. In fact, I'd only been in seminary at this point like two months, Okay. And uh, a woman, there's a grandmother of somebody in my church, uh, was dying. She was dying, and uh, it was very clear she was not coming back. And uh, I quickly learned this was going to be my first funeral. Okay? So now I've got to go to the hospital and see this woman. I've never met her before. And I've got to hang out with this family, and I know it's my first big hospital visit, and I know it is my, uh, uh, I know it's my first funeral coming up. 
And I remember going to the hospital, and at the hospital they had these, these clergy parking spots, right? And I felt so inadequate going to the church, to, to the hospital, that I parked next to them. Like, I wouldn't park in the clergy parking. I was so nervous uh, going into this hospital, and I didn't know the hospital. It was a new hospital for me. I was so nervous that I parked next to the clergy parking. So there's six clergy parking spots, all empty, and then me. Because I was like, I am just not, like, I'm not ready for this. I can't do this. And I must have sat in my car for 10 minutes, just like, what the heck am I going to say at 27 years old to this family, you know? And in my, in my four months of seminary, we haven't gone over this yet. Um, actually, in all my seminary, we didn't go over this. And finally, the image that I believe God gave to me that has stuck with me to this day is the image of the Incarnation. The image of Jesus becoming flesh. And maybe that seems a little theological, but let me explain. What I decided was, and I really thought God, I never heard a voice, but I really felt God lead me to this. That God was already up there in the hospital room. Okay? So any thought that I had that I was bringing God up there was wrong. Okay? Very problematic. God is already up there. What God needed up there, what God wanted up there, was a physical representative. He wanted somebody in the flesh to represent him in that room, and that that was my job. And what I have learned as a minister is that very often 99% of my job is showing up, is being present physically for somebody, that you don't have to say anything. I did go into the hospital. I did do that funeral. I now park in clergy parking, not because I feel worthy to do it, but because what I understand is I feel called to do it. And sometimes you don't have the words to say. A lot of t- if I had magic words to say, I'd be writing books and I would be on Oprah. I would not be here. Okay? There's nothing to say in these Shadowland moments. All you can do is be present, and that is often exactly what God wants you to do with somebody else. Sometimes less words are better. You don't have to find the bright side. You don't have the right to have to say the right things. Just say, I love you and I'm here, and then sit there. Most of the time, that's what people need. Two other comments about other people that are going through the shadow lands. Um, uh, oh, I'm, I'm missing my... Okay. I have noticed when someone loses somebody else that people tiptoe around them and around the person that they lost. They don't want to talk about it because they don't want to upset them. And I finally had somebody in my last church that pulled me aside and just said, you know, we were, talk- I, we were talking about something. And they said, you know, my mother died. Uh, my, it was, no, it was my father. My father died a year and a half ago. And now nobody talks about him around me. Nobody says his name. It's like he doesn't even exist. And all these people were so sad when he, we lost him, but then they don't even talk about him. And what I realized was, Everybody talks about him, just not with the daughter. Okay? And you know what? That's the one person we probably should be talking about with him. Okay? So sometimes we tiptoe around protecting people's feelings when actually what we need to do is just talk to them and meet them where they are and say their name and say, you know, I, was, I thought about your dad the other day uh, and I, because I, I, I was doing this and I, he used to do that at the church and I remembered it. You know, to, to acknowledge those... Me- so don't pretend like the Shadowlands aren't there. Don't pretend like the pain isn't there. Um, speak to it. Because for people, it's still there. Share a story. 
And here's the other thing. I think part of our responsibility in Christian community is protecting one another. And sometimes that means, really honestly, telling somebody when they're kind of off. That means telling somebody when they do need some help, when they do need a day off. Okay? Sometimes we need to protect each other. Like when my kids are going too much and they're going too fast and I got to tell them to slow down or I got to tell them to take care of themselves or I got to tell them to go to bed a little early today. Sometimes as Christians we need to be that kind of accountable voice for each other. And really honestly that's not easy as Christians. But sometimes it's what we're called to do. To say, hey, you're going through this. This is rough. Why don't you take a day off? Why don't you relax? Why don't you back off from this commitment? Have you talked to a grief counselor or have you talked to your doctor? Those kind of questions, I think, we can sometimes help people with and we shy away from. Now, finally, I really want to talk about the hope that we have. Because when we go through Shadowlands as Christians, I think it's different than the world. And the world can't understand the hope that we have. The ultimate Christian hope. See, we believe that there is a revolution that has begun. That just below the surface of this world, there is this new kingdom breaking through. And it's a kingdom that works differently. Small is big. Last is first. Mountains can be moved by just a little bit of faith. And we believe that there is this coming culmination where this new kingdom will take over, where what was started in the death and resurrection of Jesus will come to fruition in every inch of creation. Revelation talks about how the old world is passing away. The new world is coming. A new capital of this world, New Jerusalem, will come down out of heaven. And God will dwell with his people. And listen to these words that Sally already read for us. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. This promise, this hope seems crazy. Seems contradictory. Seems beyond reason, especially when we are in the shadow lands. But it is the hope that we have. And it's hard to see this hope in the shadows. It's a vision that is hard to capture through our tears. But it is a hope that we all need. That death is not the end, it is a transition. That pain that consumes us now is ultimately temporary. That suffering that seems to crush us now will not last. And here's what I've noticed. That people who struggle in the shadow lands are often the ones who have not prepared their faith for the difficult times. They've played the faith. It's like they've played pretend. They've gone through the motions of church, but they haven't really pushed their faith and grown in their faith. And then suddenly when suffering comes, they're in a marathon and they haven't done any training. Okay, It's like doing an ultra marathon and you haven't stretched in six years. Suddenly, you're being pushed to the limit, and you have a very small limit. That often when Christians go through the shadowlands, they haven't tended to their faith. They haven't cared about their, their faith in the good times. They assumed it was okay. And then when the real heat came on and they were in the shadowlands, they weren't ready for it. They've pretended. But suddenly, the marathon is on. So my challenge for you today is, how is your faith? Really? Are you truthful with yourself about how you're doing with Jesus? Because that's what we've got to do as Christians. We've got to keep pushing. We've got to keep pushing ourselves into Christ so that we're ready when the shadow lands come. 
May your shadowlands draw you closer to Christ and closer to others. Amen.